listening to Frankly Earnest. Hosted by Sam Christie. Co-host, Allison Hall. Special guest, Samantha Iglesias. This is a podcast made with Anchor by Spotify. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Frankly Earnest. Today is kind of an impromptu episode. I'm not going to lie. We started recording for this episode, trying to finish another one, and it completely went elsewhere. But it was so good, and I'm so glad I captured it that I decided to make it its own episode. We hope you enjoy. So, just so everybody knows, we're talking about yeah, the these church. Are the things, these are the things we need to capture. Yes. I know, yeah, everybody. We have a team. This, this is. going to be going through the archives. Yeah. And making us look amazing. Oh, we're, we'll have a team someday. No, it's okay. The, everybody, this is, um, we're talking about the church. And can you, can you repeat that? How the gospel. Yeah, yeah I can, I can backtrack a little bit. Um. I was, uh, I had just quoted a line to you, Allie, um, and you asked me, where's that from? You know, (laughs) so the line is the birds of the air. No, the foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And, uh, and that's a quote from Jesus from the gospels, you know? Wow. Like I, I have less interest in hearing people's personal pet theories about the experience they had with Jesus when they prayed for their team to win. If we're going to talk about Jesus, like the only objective thing that I know to pin on Jesus are the gospels, the yeah. storybook where Jesus exists as a character. Yeah. There's nowhere else that, that we have that except maybe, you know, in Islam, they have right, you know, teachings and writings, quotes from Jesus, but those things, you know, the Christians have no interest in that. Okay, so I told you that line, and that line, the foxes have dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And that's, um, on the surface, obviously, Jesus talking about himself. Like, he has not provided for himself houses, mansions, kingdoms, possessions. He's just walking the earth talking to people, yeah. right? And he's li- he's at the mercy of strangers, so he's spending the night hanging out in cool rooms with with lots of other loafers and losers and having prostitutes wash his feet. I'm like, how can I make that my life? I hear that and I'm like, yes, that's the place I want to be. And I grew up with uh, with uh, heroin addicted prostitutes and um, and and the you know the 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 dregs of society, but they're the they're the people with heart. They're the people who will tell you how they feel, you know, the same thing that people marvel at me about on TikTok, that I'm just putting my stuff out there. What they don't maybe, you know, maybe what isn't clear is that that's how my dad talked to me. And, and that's how, um, and I saw so many people just share their open, honest truth in those, those situations. Cause when you're doing heroin, 
with a group of people that would just as soon kill you to get your heroin and you're living on the street and you already know that this society doesn't have a place for you. It, the people in those situations can open up, um, and, and tell you who they are. And so I think, and I think this is true with a lot of the words and teachings of Jesus, that they can be taken a lot of different ways. And I think that the gospels are, can be seen as a commentary on capitalism, an indictment of capitalism and how it is opposed to the human spirit and love and community and ultimately our happiness and heaven on earth. Like capitalism is hell. And heaven would be if we could rise above, we could put people above money. Like I don't even, I can't even count the number of times that, that uh, some, I've heard someone condemn giving any money to the homeless, the homeless that hang out on this, on the, the highway corners all across America. And, and you can tell they're in bad shape. You know, their leg doesn't look right. They've got bandages on them. They look like they haven't slept well or been cleaned in a long time. They have trouble getting over to your car. Um, but my kids, particularly my son Jasper, taught me that that is a person and that that person in this moment is more important than whether or not we're going to go get a dinner. Or I think there was a point where we pulled up and we're at a stoplight and it's so awkward and my kids are little and there was a homeless person there and i was like i only have you know the 30 bucks for the for the meal and the and and jasper's position was we should go home we should give our money to them and we should go home and um i'll never forget that i'll never forget that and so every time i drive by one of those people i take a little money out of my pocket when i can when i have an opportunity and i tell myself this person is more important than these pieces of paper. And I think that the beauty of the gospels and the beauty of the teachings of Jesus is this, that we've accepted a situation and we should change it. A situation where you look at nature and a fox can just dig a hole and live in there and a bird can build a nest and live in it. But we don't let humans do that. If you want to occupy this space, you need to pay some other human the rent to be here. Or you need to work somewhere you don't want to work so you have the money to buy a spot. How come humans don't get a spot on our own planet? And it's because of capitalism, religion, and government force. Wow. And those three working together. And I think that's, that's the real need of the Gospels. Wow. Um, wow. Yes. And, and that, that even, that even ties so, back, that, um, that would tie back to the birth of Jesus too, right? I mean, the fact that he didn't even have a place. Yes, to... yes. Yeah, so this, so that's, that whole story, like, if you don't have some, some Pope in, in gold hats and robes explaining to you that it's all about how he's God and you have to do what we say and believe what we tell you, if you just could read the Gospels and nobody does, nobody, like I'm convinced that 90 some percent of Christians have never made it all the way through a whole Gospel and don't have any interest in it. I know because like if I quote Jesus, you're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Tell me, tell me more about that. But folks who are in church and, and think that it's all about believing the story so that your soul can be saved by the blood. People like that, they don't want to hear Jesus. And when they know I'm quoting Jesus, it makes them mad. 
And when, and, and when they go to church, they learn all of the ways to discount what Jesus says. Like I watched this happen. Like if you, every whore that I ever met growing up knew that Jesus said, do not judge. But if I say, do not judge in a room full of Christians, they will, especially men, they will come running to volunteer to explain to me and what, how really what Jesus meant is that, you know, because of these other verses in Ezekiel or where, you know, blah, 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 they pull, you know, and they've learned it like people who've never read it, but they've heard it so many times at church, they are ready to explain, Oh, but of course God needs, you know, needs us to judge. We have to judge rightly in society. That's the job of the church. And that's why God put us here so that we could, you know, how else can the church be condemned? Or how can else can non-believers be condemned of their sin and repent and turn to Jesus before they burn in hell if we don't tell them they're wrong? And that becomes the whole justification for stopping gay people from getting married and then feeling righteous about it, which is obviously from the outside insane, hateful, not, you know, it's, 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 it's sick. It's fucking sick. And the fact that they do that while saying, oh, but Jesus, he loves you so much, you know, like, oh, my God, it's it's such a shit system. And and I like the best people I've known in my life, the best people I've known in my life have understood a different kind of Jesus in their minds. It's all about how Jesus wants them. To, they want to love other people. They're inspired by the love in the story, and they want to be loving to the world, and they're the most beautiful people I know. They're not the same people who are going to argue with me about hell or beliefs. They're, they're, they're more likely to listen to all kinds of ideas, and they want to promote love. And, I, and so like that, I feel like that's the message of Jesus that should be preached. Um, but, you know, anyway, uh, wow. this all started because we were looking at pictures of the Pope and we were talking about the Pope history, right? Like, like how the Pope doesn't have any teeth anymore, but he used to be the one who, you know, commanded the atrocities. Yeah. For a second, I was like, wait, he doesn't have any teeth. <laughs> I was like, what? They take their teeth out? No. Yeah, metaphorical you, teeth. You guys, society, you, you missed know. that, but that was teeth a really... Is, having teeth is when you're the pastor of a small New England colonial town, and you can just drag one of the women out in front of everybody, give a little speech, tie her to a stick and light her on fire, and yeah. everyone will just watch and cheer. Because they think teeth. that she's a pious woman. What's that? Because they think she's a pious woman, and all, or not a pious woman. Yeah, yeah, or you know, because she, she didn't, because she didn't, mind, you know, like I feel that way every time a Christian tries to correct me about Jesus, I feel that that weight of that threat, you know, because it's all through Christianity that threat of, you know, don't you better not say anything about God, you better not choose to live your own way you know, or we will come kill you. And you can see it all across America, the conformity that we've inherited. Yeah. You know, thousands of church denominations that that all think the other ones are going to hell, mm -hmm. but they all look remarkably homogenized. They all say the same dumb shit. You know, they all miss it the same way. Like it's, it's just a big mass of craziness and it's a denial 
it's just sort of the same thing with denial of our our misogyny in this country or our patriarchy in this country. It's the same with the the unwillingness to look at the reality of hundreds of years of chattel slavery for everyone that looked like that and how that affects us now and how that, you know, is, is, has attainted everything in our society. And so to not be willing to look at it is to, well, who is it? Uh, Somebody famous I read the other day said that the lesson we learn from history is that we do not learn from history. Um, and I, I mean, I have hope that we can, you know, I remember hearing that that's the reason to learn history. And I always thought, well, man, it'd be great when we all start learning from history and don't make the same mistakes again, you know? Uh, I don't want to be hopeless about that. George Hegel. What is it? George Hegel famously said, German philosopher. The only thing that we learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. Yeah, that's that's it. That's so well said. That is so well said. Dear God. Anyway, but I just, you know, that's why more people need to try to teach history, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why um, this that's why this podcast is so important too, because we can we can use, you know, your story, your traumas, your experience in life. And have that be a raw experience that people can maybe relate with, empath- empathize with, or sympathize yeah. with and see, yeah, wow, someone really had this experience and like have it be a little more closer to home, you know? And and right. something, something. So I'm in this race, colonialism, and resistance class right now, right? Okay. And we're learning about the access point. Like, how do you get people to care? And that we're, we're reading all these stories, which this might be not not completely related, but I'm interested to hear what you think. We're reading we're reading authors like Afra Bain, Afra Bain, I think that's how you pronounce her name. And she's she's, she's from like the 1700s, right? Late 1700s, um, colonial period, and she's she's writing to um, like higher ups in Britain. <sighs> And she's writing these these stories to like Sir George whatever Wallace whatever of um, um, Great Britain, and she's writing these stories of like the the trials and tribulations of the people that she's seeing in um, yeah. in um, British colonial India, I believe it is, and so her whole thing like we can't tell in her story if she's being racist. Or if she's making these little racist points to try to get racist people to be like, oh, okay. Like, see, you know, tap into that access point and be like, oh, there's some racism here in my life that I am portraying to others. Or if she's trying to just go completely against the grain and actually be like, racism exists. And so the whole question is like that we're learning is like, how the, how the hell do you get people to care? How do you get them to realize that there is an issue that it's much larger than just these few things that you see, or, you know, it's, it's all around the world. Maybe, you know, just because it's not right in your backyard, like it's happening there. And it's something we've dealt with forever. Like you're saying, like, like with the Holocaust earlier, people didn't really know, or, or, you know, 
back in back in the times of Jesus, you know. I, I made a joke on take not a joke, but I made a little joking statement that, you know, maybe I should uh start writing rewriting some old hymns. You know, we all enjoyed singing the hymns, but a lot of us aren't in the church anymore. We miss singing together and we should have atheist songs. I love that. Oh, it was a video I did where like we don't have songs. Like I I meet another atheist. We've never been to this the same atheist meetings. We don't have to have atheist small groups to make sure that we keep not believing like we give the light came on like oh fuck dude that was embarrassing but you know <coughs> that i believed that stuff but the church needs that like if you don't have meetings and songs and prayer and preaching nobody would keep believing this stuff you know and the irony is is they pretend to be the ones who get to hold the words of jesus they're the ones offering Jesus and they don't, the whole system doesn't even get that it's the problem. If you read Jesus's words, the church is the fucking problem. So it's, it's, it's this incredible irony. And then all the ideas that Jesus really presents, like, hey, it's not about what you believe, it's how you act. And it's not about doing all the right things. It's whether or not you love your money or the people around you that are suffering more. And certainly, don't you think, you know, God would want you to love the poor, yeah. feed the hungry, house the homeless. Like Jesus is like, not just clear about this. He hammers it. This is how I know, like Christians don't read the gospels because they would leave the church if they really read the gospels. And, and they would leave the church because it's a waste of goddamn time and it's annoyance to everyone who doesn't believe it. And the non-believers generally are just as or more moral in real life than the Christians. And the Christians are the ones who have zero interest in sharing with the poor. When the non-believer secular people are like, hey, let's up food stamps. Let's up welfare to make sure we get kids out of poverty. It's the Christian right that stands up strong and says, oh, my God, no, don't do that. And if you meet these people like they're trying to get a boat, they're trying to get a summer house, they're trying to retire, they're trying to take a cruise. That's what their focus is on. And Jesus says, you know, I know you want to be a good person. But when we look at where you spend your money, I can tell that you don't have any interest in God and that you're a child of yourself. You're trying living to please yourself and you think fuck others in your heart. And that's kind of dark. And Christians don't want to hear that shit. So the church offers, hey, you can feel like a good person and be completely selfish and hateful. And you can be shit to everyone around you and still feel like a good person inside. Mm -hmm. That's what the church does. They're 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 the worst kind of evil on on our in our society. The church, not they, the church, because it sucks people into that, you know. And, I, and there's lots of people in church who are voicing and working towards helping people. There are lots of people like that, but that's not the point. The system is bullshit. Like if you just take off the the whole original sin, forgiveness, death. Get rid of all that. Like, you know, like, let's not even teach it to kids. It's stupid, you know. Um, <laughs> and focus on, like, really following. But, you know, I don't know. I got invited to a Bible study a few years back. Uh, I was talking with a, a, a church friend, you know, because I was in the church for decades, right? So I have lots of my close friends 
are evangelical believers. They believe they, they're going to heaven when they die, and they think that their one job here is to make sure they tell other people about the good news of Jesus uh, forgiving horrible sinners. But if I so I go to this group, <laughs> I've got a plane overhead right now, but I'll, I, uh, you know, my story is I go to this, I go to this group, this Bible study, and I sit with these men that I've gone to church with for years, four or five of them, right? And so it was a, it was a nice, fun gathering, and they're jovial, fun guys, right? You know, like there's no animosity. And we happened to be reading, because it was my suggestion, that we read the Gospel of Matthew. And we are in chapter 7, which begins with, do not judge. Those are the words of Jesus, do not judge. <laughs> for, uh, for with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. Um, he's Ooh. very... He, he repeats this refrain over and over again to not judge others. So they read it. And then one of them's looking at me and he's laughing. He's like, Oh, Sam, I bet you like that one. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, I, I do actually, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, we know you're an atheist. So you probably like do not judge. And I was like, um, yeah, like I think if more people read these words of Jesus and said, huh, I'm going to try to, be less judgmental. I'm going to try to not judge other people. I think it would be the world would be a better place if everybody listened to Jesus on that one. And those men all argued and argued and argued. They needed to convince me that I was wrong and that I was reading the words of Jesus wrong. They don't want to say Jesus is wrong because they, they're just telling me that, no, Jesus wants us to judge. And I'm like, how? How can you have that position when we're just reading his words and he doesn't say, well, of course, I want you to judge. He says, do not judge. Unequivocal. And they and they were mad. They don't want that Jesus. They hate that Jesus. And they would nail his ass to a fucking cross and, and kill did. him. And they did. And they did. My dad used to tell me when he would make me read my Bible, he would say, the lesson of the gospel is that if you say these things to those people, they will fucking kill you. So at least he, at least he could recognize that. Oh yeah. So his, that was his Christianity. Like he really believed that when we die, we face God and it's, it's the God of the Bible. Um, and he had his own thing worked out where maybe he was too much of a sinner to be in heaven. Like he didn't feel like he got, he just would deserve to be in the same place that my mom is. Um, but he felt like God understood him because his actions had flown from flown from, or, uh, yeah, were flowing from his true emotional self, you know? Like, he was like, yeah, I'm an asshole, and I get mad, and I kill people and beat people, you know, but God no, understands that about me, you know? And, um, and you know, biblically, it, it seemed pretty sound, you know? I mean, I, I don't think it's, you know, if you're going to base an ideology on the Bible, you know, my dad had actually read it. Um, really? The whole thing? Yeah. The whole thing? Um, cover to yeah, cover? Yeah. I believe yeah, that, he, though. He poured over it. Yeah. I believe that. Which is interesting. Like uh, it's yeah. so trying to to grasp a person that is dead that you do not know 
is such a task, man. But it's yes. like, yes. wow. You know, I have no idea who this guy is, but I have every idea who this guy is. It's the weirdest thing I'm experiencing. <laughs> Yes, yes, and all, yeah. And he's dead, you. so I'll Thank never you. meet I, him. I, I know there are Not that like I fucking tens. want to either. He's an ass, but I don't know. <laughs> Just like, well, uh, wow. So after after I um, after I go a little bit into him, I'm going to do the Star Wars model. That's my plan with TikTok. I start out with you know me. I'm the poor kid, you know, who had the evil dad, Darth Vader. Luke, you know, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, right? And then, and then I'm, then I'm going to take people back and tell them about when Darth Vader was a little boy. I'm going to tell them about who I'm going to show them. I have his pictures and I'm going to make them also love and appreciate him. Or I'm going to, you know, offer that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'll, you know, it'd be an interesting emotional journey for everybody who's following along. And I, like, I was just feeling now while you're talking about like knowing my dad, like, Oh, this is, this feels so good to me that you are along for the ride and, and want to know and are willing to know. And then it was kind of hitting me like, Oh, but there are tens of thousands of people who, who have heard these hundreds of thousands who have heard this story yeah. and are, and, and are along for the ride in their own way with me. How, however far that is. And that, um, I don't know how to appropriate this, you know, the personal feeling of mm. doing the podcast with you to all of those people, but, but it, it's there, you know, mm. that's so sweet. I, I wanted to cry earlier when you were crying, talking about Jasper saying, yeah. give, give the homeless person the money. Oh my God. Sam was crying and it was, it was moving everyone. Sam's already, yeah. Sam already moves me when I, hear him talk about anything so then to see him cry it's like ah <laughs> god oh wait oh my new thing i'm not gonna say god or jesus anymore i'm gonna say christy christy <laughs> if you just make my last name christ ernest samuel christ did you know that each of those names has six letters in it my face right and, now right and and i love it like i would love to be called the antichrist i think that i am oh. except that um i don't believe because i'm against the idea of a one a one leader out there that we all should have to look to yeah i think the one that each of us should look to is inside we should we should make peace and find joy with us with who we are and it's a crime that anybody and everybody made each of us feel like we couldn't have that. We didn't deserve that or that we were dirty or dark inside. I think the greatest, I really believe Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all is learning to love yourself. And, and the greatest joy for us is in seeing that we're the one that can guide our path and make our moral choices. And, you know, when I left the church, what I did was I decided I wasn't going to follow God anymore, but I still believed in him. And, and I thought from all my years in the church, and of course, every, if I start to talk about this, the Christians will come and say, well, I don't remember anybody at church ever saying that. La la la. Like, Oh, good for you. Anyway. <laughs> so I braced myself for impact. But the reality is I learned week after week, year after year, that if you leave the fellowship, 
If you decide not to follow God, then God's going to remove his grace from you and you won't know right from wrong. And, and who knows what depth of sin and depravity you'll spiral into. But I was desperate, so desperate to find myself, to know who I was, that I decided, God, I need to set you aside for a minute. I need, I, I'm not going to worry myself with anything related to you or what you might want. And I am just going to turn myself loose on the world and get what I want for a little bit. So I know who that is. And my full intent was to sin a bunch, fail, and then, but feel like I was the one in charge making the decision to turn and say, yes, I've decided to follow Jesus because I did that as a kid and I still wanted to do that, but I needed the time to find me. And I was surprised that I did not end up laying in a, in a waking up in a gutter somewhere with a needle in my arm and a dead hooker on my lap. You know, I, that shocked me because I thought that's where I was headed. But instead I started seeing that I care about people. I don't want to hurt people. In fact, I want to help people. I found I was helping people more. I was, I was listening to people more trying to learn to be kind. I remember my ex-wife saying, it's like you're actually seeing other people for the first time. Because in her, you know, from her perspective, like I've been all about me, you know, yeah. and not really able to hear other people's position. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Because yeah. um, I was kind of trapped in my own head. Um, but, but, the, but becoming, you know, deciding not to follow God, deciding to look within, to look to myself as my own guide. And I know this sounds satanic and antichristical, which is why I embrace it. But I don't think it's bad. I think it's the actual good path. The good path is to believe in yourself, trust in yourself, make friends with yourself. The good thing is actually to believe in yourself, to trust yourself, to think highly of yourself. Christians do that, but it's from a narcissistic denial position. It's so powerful when a, per, when a single person sits at home and, you know, and we see it on TikTok displayed when people bring that their heart and their honesty. It's so powerful, you know, um, and we all we all have that. We all we all we should be our own guides. And I, yeah, anyway, I know that sounds, <laughs> I was saying that sounds satanic from my church training, but I, I think that there, it's actually good. That's what it is. It's good to believe in yourself. It's good to be your own best friend. Do you know who Def Leppard is? Yes. That was the first concert I ever went to. I look like the lead singer right now. Did you Photograph. see my, did you see my thing with uh with pj matt no on, oh my god so there's this one of it's not as uh i don't know how to produce tiktoks that really really i don't know the secret you know that really go viral but i one of my favorite interactions that i've had on tiktok so far was PJ Mack. Um, she's a, a five foot tall. I'm a heightist. I'm, I'm a height uh, elitist because I'm six foot three. So I point out that she's five foot tall. No. Um, uh, she's an ex pastor's wife. Her husband 
was a um, pastor in the Southern Baptist Convention, and she was a pastor's wife, which is an insane, an insanely high pressure job that doesn't pay, that is piled on top of insane expectations, like like wives of Southern Baptist ministers. Like I, oh man, my heart goes out to you. Anyway, PJ uh, was one of those people. And, and now she, um, now she does other stuff and, and I love her stuff on TikTok. She does this, you know, some kind of uh, movement training with, um, you know, the big ring and ropes and ribbons and, you know, empowering people, women. And I, I just love everything she does. And I love her, uh, her, her, um, information that she shares about the church and about com- and deconstructing. But anyway, um, this interaction, she, um, she made a video to my comments and, um, and somehow we were, I think we were kind of talking about rock and roll and the eighties. And, um, if you look at my TikToks, there's one with a sticker beside my face of honey dripping. Oh, and, um, it's like oozing down the screen. And, um, and so my video response to her was, was, um, that cause she was doing, I don't know, some dance moves or something, or she did a little flirty thing at the end of the video. And, and so I said this, uh, how'd the video go? I said, uh, girl, do you like Bible study? Cause I'm thinking of two verses right now. Number one, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Surely it is. <laughs> And also my second favorite verse, pour some sugar on me. Wait, is that in the Bible? You've got to watch this TikTok. It's my favorite one I've done. I need to put it to the top of my page. Oh, my God. And I got all kinds of people coming in like, wait, that's not in the Bible. Pour some sugar on me. And PJ's comment back was something like, uh, it was great. It was something like, uh, this makes me want to be uh, sucking on a chili dog in the backseat of Jackie's car. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh, God. It's all way too much. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I am, I am Lena Christie revamped, except I say the right things. <coughs> oh, no. Oh no, don't say that. Seriously, don't fucking say that. Don't fucking say that. Oh my god. Lena, this new Lena cusses a lot, but I will I will This new Lena. You you are my new Lena. This new Lena Um, cusses a lot. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about your grandparents in the newspaper a lot, I did find a lot of clippings from them. Like when I first started searching Christy in the Mm -hmm. Eureka, they're they're just in like it's all from like the sixties and fifties, but it's like Mr. and Mrs. Christie, um, cut the ribbon at this, or like, uh, Mrs. Oh Christie, God. Mrs. Christie. Can you was, send me? Yeah, that stuff. I would really sure, like to yeah. peruse it, read over it, because I've never yeah. been exposed to all that. You know? Yeah. It, and it was just very basic, like, um, like you, you're, you'd probably be interested, but I was looking for meteor things for when we were first started 
like to to substantiate some of the stuff we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but and we were, and it was all um, Lena and Ernest. It was all them. It was it was we're Lena. Into stuff that's really been covered up. Yeah, by a whole community. And and know? that's what that's what's making sense to me now because I was going through this period of research, and you remember where I was getting so frustrated because I'm like, I'm not, I'm coming up short, but it makes sense. Yeah. The Christies were so prolific and making their image what they wanted it to be out there mm-hmm. that the only things that were going to be in the newspaper were what had to be in there about Ernie and yeah. what they wanted to be in there about them and the family. And that makes sense to me. I don't, I was trying so hard to find these things, which were probably there, but were probably shoved to the side by the Christie's. <coughs> Yeah. I mean, if we if we go back to the other episodes talking about Nina Wilcox, if they're getting a pastor to come in here and and talk yes. on trial, like there's no way that they're also also just not you know controlling some some of the stuff that's in the newspaper. Like, of course they're going to be doing that too. Why yeah. why yeah. wouldn't they? So it just it makes sense now. It comes full circle. For any of the listeners that care, um, we are definitely still trying to get records. Um, a lot of the police departments are not giving us anything. Um, Claire's missing persons record is still considered a missing persons record. It looks like the last time anyone was contacted was in 1991, and it was probably Ernie that they contacted, and he probably said, no, I have not seen her. I don't know what he said, and I can't find out what he said because Humboldt County Sheriff's Department is not releasing any of this to me, and they say that releasing any of it could jeopardize a future missing persons case. Yeah. I'm a little frustrated because what comes to mind is, like, Claire's not missing. We know what happened. Yeah. But also what they kept saying on the phone to me was, was there a body recovered? Was there a body recovered? And I was like, well, no. But then again, I'm like, okay, so what do you do now? Is this the point where you have to get a death certificate for a missing persons case to close? Like, and they they weren't even offering any help. You know, they they were like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. But so acknowledging that there's loss, but not, you know, it was just the oddest thing. So, yes, we're still trying to get records. Um, And I should start calling them. Have you found her yet? Do you have any leads? So I I do have leads because um, you're. No, I mean, I should start calling the sheriff's department saying my mom's been missing for 45 years. How's that going? Can you have a detective call me? Oh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, no, I I don't have any leads on where Look, where your mom so, is other than the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, unfortunately. Rest in peace, so Claire, but they're not understanding that. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I want I want to say something here uh, yeah. from my conversation with Julie. And yeah. this is important strategy for you, okay? Yeah. I, I, and I, you know, I'm bringing, I think that we should all be on this page, but I'm open to hearing your ideas continually, right? So, but I just want to, I want to let you know what I talked about with Julie. Julie's worked in the courthouse most of her grown-up career life. So she's very connected. And there's a way that Humboldt County kind of works. And it's this way. It's this, they're a bunch of ingrown, connected friends and family who occupy offices that appear like, you know, public, you know, domain. But they're all in it for each other and for the narrative, 
of Eureka's a nice place. We're all nice people. Eureka killed, slaughtered all the women and children of an Indian tribe that lived in the, in the island in the middle of the bay because the businessmen wanted to start using that island. Slaughtered them with axes and clubs in the early 1900s. Like there's plenty in the, in the town for people to not want to talk about. And, and so Julie and I, I think that if we could approach this a couple of ways, we could try to force the official powers to submit to us, or Julie might be able to, through connections, just get us all the information that we want, even if the sheriff's department doesn't want to give it to us. So she's going to talk, she's going to talk to a friend of hers and, you know, scope around a little bit, try to find some stuff out. Now she might be a little too paranoid and maybe it's the right thing to force the official powers to submit to our, our demand. Uh, but Humboldt County is, it has, is going to be a system of resistance. If, if somebody there doesn't feel like you're being polite enough to them, they will drag their feet for 45. Oh years. my God. Because we've experienced that already. The email that, remember the first time we called the Humble County Sheriff's Office? We talked yeah. to two Jessicas. We talked to two Jessicas. The first Jessica was great. She said she was going to come back to the phone. When she came back to the phone, it was not her, but a different Jessica. No clue where the first Jessica went. But this one had no idea what we were talking about. And she told yeah. us to email. And we did. And then I end up, you know, weeks later talking to the correct person at the courthouse who's getting us, helping us with your friend and et cetera, et cetera. And she said, I can't believe they gave you that email. It, it went nowhere. It went nowhere. We never got a response. Yeah. It, it yeah. literally yeah. went nowhere. And every time we called back and talked to that Humboldt County Sheriff's Office, it continued to go nowhere. Nowhere. And you know what's funny, though, is that the Eureka City Police Department, while they didn't give me anything, they responded a lot quicker. They, yeah. they immediately sent back, we don't have any of these records, which might also be true. There is a jurisdiction thing. If, if they didn't live in the city of Eureka, probably the city of Eureka is not going to have anything on your dad. Just depends. Uh, just depends where things happen. I mean, he, you like, know, he definitely, you know, has a history with them. They had records, but who I, has I just, them or who gives them? I just paper? mean even the one about Claire. Like, it depends yeah. where that happened because if that was on the bay and it's not in the city of Eureka, like, it, yeah. there's a whole jurisdiction thing. So I'll give them that. They responded so very listen, quickly, though, though. So I'm like, okay. I, I, I feel like is the most, is it right to say here that the most important goal for us is to get the information? I feel that way. Yes. And, and I, um, I, I, I appreciate the way that you're, your hand, you're doing this and, and, and your energy. Um, but I just wanted to tell you about what I talked to with Julie, because, yeah. you know, it's good for us to keep in mind what kind of system of people we're kind of interacting oh, with. Oh, sure. Sure. You know? That's all I care I about. I want us to, to do what's going to be most effective. If they fuck with me though, I'm not above causing a scene. No, but it it's my, so fucked you know, up, though, about your mom. Like, this is so fucked up about your mom. It's not even a joke. Yeah. Like, it, you honestly, once we do get the information, though, we should be talking to somebody. That would be interesting down the line. Like, not today. 
don't stress we'll about do it. A, we'll do in a but, year or two. We'll yeah. do a documentary about this time. Like what? And the path. Like oh, this will oh, be interesting. Oh. It's good. Next year. Next year. Yeah. Next March yes. for for women's history next, and your next, mom. Next year we can start doing a documentary on the making of and the journey we had to try to get the information because all of that is apparently part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just a nice happy world with my dad in it. It was a whole community. And my dad's reaction to 1950s America in Humboldt County was, fuck everybody, I will kill you. Yeah. And yeah, and we can all say he's a monster for that, but that was his reaction. And I think it's worth looking at the whole system, you know, because we continue to have people all around the globe killing other people. <laughs> it's not, it's not an ab, it's not a strange aberration. It's a thing people do, but, you know, my dad was just a free agent killer, which is scarier, you know. He was making all the decisions, and they were from his emotional child core. But his wounded emotional core is the product of our whole patriarchal religious structure. Like, they own it with him, you know. Male insecurity is not just the fault of a one dumb man in a perfect system. It's pounded into us. Yeah. That's why I really appreciate too the men who um, who, who comment and interact with me on TikTok. I have yeah. a, I only have like 20 some percent of, of maybe eighteen percent of my followers are men. Um, I, I think it's I'm just I've always been naturally attractive to attractive to. No, no, no. I think um, my story resonates. Honestly, though, there are women on there. When you put your relationship tea TikTok up, they were like, oh, Sammy's so lucky. I was like, oh, all the women are going after Sam on here. They're like, lucky Sammy. I, I sense some anger. I, you know, hey, I. I that was so it. funny. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You're, you're, you're there, Ryan Gosling. I hope he looks this good when he gets older. He's a nice man to look at. He's he he. Uh, I love I love his uh, gentle features. Did you ever see um, my favorite Ryan Gosling movie? Is <laughs> this will be creepy? Uh, is the Real Girl? No. Or maybe it's just Real Girl. Um. He um. He plays this character who is wounded from his parents his parents tragic death and he lives in a garage and he de- he never talks to anybody and he doesn't have you know he's like like super super anxiety basket case right um but he orders a box in the mail and it's a um it's one of those real dolls that you can have sex with oh. and but he he's he tells his family, oh, it's my friend from Russia. She's got a name and he's got a whole story. He's acting like she's real. Like she's, because he couldn't, he couldn't connect with a person, right? After his parents died. So he displays for the whole town, this connection with this real doll and the whole town, like in some sort of sweet, bizarre, not America place decides that the thing for them to do is to play along and just pretend that she's real too. And they start taking her on shopping. Oh. It's the most beautiful story because at the end, he um No he, way. He's yeah, he takes her, he takes his real doll out to the out to the river. 
and he tells them that she's dying and he then he can mourn you know it's so beautiful god i love you ryan what a beautiful movie oh my god i have to watch this you're crying right now you're crying right now you get hung up on the fact that it's a real doll that you have sex with like it's just time to come out of teenage years and you know feel something real i have to watch this later wait so so in the movie they everybody it's like that that shallow hal type archetype like they see the the doll but he sees a person or no he you don't you don't see him seeing the doll you just see him acting like it's not a real doll but but you're supposed to sitting there with her mouth open at the dining room table and he's saying what's that you do you like your salad you haven't had any you know let, let me cut it up for you you know and he he just oh and he tells about the story she's been telling and who knows what he's seeing um but they anyway. see, they see a doll they like yeah the yeah, yeah yeah oh my but god the, oh, it's, it's so sweet when the wow. ladies from the town come over and they say we called her on the phone and this is a ladies day and we're taking her shopping oh my and god they take her out and they have her toes done Stop! And, uh, and they Stop! buy her a new outfit and bring her back with a balloon and a, oh and my god stop 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 and it's so touching it's it, it got a oh 7.3 out of 10 all right yeah, it's I, not well bet it's not and it's Ryan i have to see this later i'm gonna watch this wow wow and i you know i'm i love i love a lot of uh you know my favorite uh actors uh, or celebrities are um you know jeff bridges like maybe the you know uh uh and you know um uh jeff bridges just i want to be jeff bridges you know do you know that um do you remember uh, lloyd bridges the uh the old white-haired guy from uh airplane let me look him up <laughs> my god was he the old no that was that um, okay yes i know who this was, is that was the swamp of hogs lloyd bridges his parents <laughs> he died before i was even born but yeah i've seen lloyd, this guy on lloyd there bridges big actor right <laughs> his parents bought some land and built a hotel the vance hotel in eureka california and lloyd bridges was born there eureka people i don't you know it's been it's still there wow wow he was he died before i was even born that's crazy he died i know he died march 10th 1998 and i was born october 19th 1998. <laughs> oh god wow what what were you wow. doing in 98 what was 98 for you 98 yep Nineteen ninety-eight. <clears throat> I was logging, and uh, I was driving a uh, nineteen seventy-five Datsun truck with a seven-foot-long bed. It was orange and oxidized, and it had a bulletproof four-cylinder <laughs> under the hood and a four-speed. And, and that thing could haul shit. I was just running my, I was logging out of it. So I just, I had a box I built in the back of the truck and I'd drive up to the woods 
my dad was staying at home. He didn't come up there much that year. And, um, and I was starting to figure out that he was drinking a lot and he might have some health issues. Right. But he didn't mm-hmm. tell any, he didn't tell me. Right. He just didn't feel like coming in. Well, I still wanted to make money and I didn't really need him for logging anymore. So I would run in, run up the hill, cut down some trees and then I would get in the machine and drive it and I would figure out how to park it on the hill because the brakes didn't work. Yeah. It was a big 988, a hundred thousand pound machine. And I would put it, um, park it against a stump where I could get the choker connected to it and then get back in it and pull the logs down and chop them up and, and then stack them up. And then when it was time to load trucks, my dad would show up a little bit, you know, to meet the truck driver and, you know, and he'd come up some days, but he wasn't there much. So I was just up there in my truck cutting down trees. I think um, that might have been the year that um, he backed his um, he backed his uh, the loader into my truck, and um, and he had told he had made me park it where he wanted me to park it that day, and then he backed the loader into it. <laughs> and he just destroyed the whole front of my Chevy S10. Like he just, and I was waving him and he was looking at me. Like, I know he like fucking did that shit on purpose. And, and he gets off and he's like, it's not so bad. The counterweight of the loader was about the height of the top of the wheel. Um, and so it just took the the grill and the headlights and the hood and and the engine and everything and flattened it all out to the height of the top. The pop the tires like fuck, just destroyed it. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Anyway, it was bad. And he's like, I said, well, you know, we got to pay to have my truck fixed. I need my truck fixed. I got to go get an estimate today. And you're going to pay for it. And he's like, I ain't paying for shit. And we start yelling at each other. And it was one of the first times I really got mad at him and got aggressive. But I picked, I got my ax out of my truck and I threw it at him. Um, but he closed his door in time and the, the ax bounced off the door and he rolled down the window and flipped me off. And I didn't see him much more that year. So that was the summer of 1998. Well, who fixed the truck? I did. Oh. And he never paid for any of it. Uh, figures. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, so, yeah, I was doing I was doing all the work, and still he was still making more of the money, and um, and Eddie was still you know fucking with me and not not being responsible for his fair share. Like, and I got really mad that year. Hmm. 1998. So that's when Lloyd Bridges died. <laughs> rest, Fuck, man. Rest in peace, Lloyd Bridges. Well, hell yeah. This episode, we did go all over the place, but I had fun. I enjoyed. Right talking about fun things and you know what i also enjoyed shedding some tears you missed sam crying in this we are getting video together we will be doing it i promise all of you 
It's just yes. a process to get started. We're a couple of amateurs. And, I'd like uh, to leave the listeners yeah. with something. Do today. it. Leave them. Um, dear listeners, I'm speaking only to um, to you. This has been your favorite episode so far. Will you just uh, just give us a nice uh, yellow heart of, of supportive friendship in the comments? I just want to see how many of you really like this one. So and if not. Thanks for listening. We'll do better next time. There's no comments on the podcast, but you can um you can rate it five stars in uh, in support. No, I, I don't, that Starbucks does that. Don't do. That. I think you'll be surprised how many yellow hearts. There's we get there's from no people. Sam, there's no comments. This was their favorite. That's my bet. Sam, I bet you'll you'll be shocked when we come back, Allie. That's okay. why I'm making a bet okay. with Allie. Leave leave the yellow hearts on our TikTok then, because there's no comments on podcasts. You can't leave. Oh, go to Frank. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah. You can't comment on a podcast. I just talk into the phone. I don't know what the internet is. It's okay. But, Al Gore made some tubes or something. Yes, anyway. please leave yellow hearts for us on our on our podcast TikTok at Frankly Earnest. That's it. At Frankly Earnest. That's I it. can't believe that was available. I right? did the Velvet Brick 71 and Frankly Earnest was available. I know. Well, now we have it. Thank you, Allie. All right. Yeah. Very good. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. And thank you, everybody. Thank Until you, next everybody. Time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Frankly Earnest. You can now support the podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash franklyearnest slash support. Be sure to visit our Instagram for daily updates and posts for our links at Frankly Earnest Podcast. You don't want to miss out on Sam's TikTok at The Velvet Brick. See you next week.